Well, good morning. <laughs> I was a little nervous um, at first because I was expecting like a big crowd, and um, it turns out that teenagers are just intimidating. So if this was like a whole crowd full of teenagers, it'd be a little bit different. But you guys, you guys aren't too bad. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm super excited to be here. Um, I This is not the way I expected my life to be at all. It's not where I ever expected to be. But here we are. And I mean that as like being up here on stage in the church. And also just being in Waterville. I'm not from Waterville. I never really knew a whole lot about Waterville. I'm actually from Aroostook County. And yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, I, love it that, I love it there. I'm kind of an outdoors guy, if you can't tell, you know, by looking at me. Um, and the thing that I miss the most, I think, is like the hunting, like the fishing. I know you can do that here, but it's just different up there. And um, something I've always loved, like growing up, was hiking. I love hiking. Anybody hiker? No, maybe a little, maybe a few. I love hiking. I used to be a Boy Scout. Um, used to do a lot of hiking. And I remember one story in particular I want to tell you guys about. Um, I was with a friend of mine. We were up on this mountain. It's called the Bully. It's up in the middle of nowhere, far from anything. Um, no phone service, really. And we were up there, a group of us, and there's a trail that goes all around this lake, and then when you come back around, there's a little trail that goes up to a mountain, there's a fire tower up on top. It's like a little metal tower. You know, it's pretty cool. If You, you can climb up there. I don't know if you're supposed to, but you can. <laughs> that was our plan. We're going to go up to that tower, climb up it, see what we could see. Well, so we went, and it was a nice day. You know, it was a good, beautiful morning. Nice sun's out. Nice, cool breeze off the water. It was perfect. So we hiked around this trail, and got all the way back around the lake, got back to the pickup that we came up in, and nobody was there. So we're like, you know what? We got some time. Let's, let's go up to that tower. Let's go see what's up there. So we start going up and not really paying attention to the sky. And that blue started going away, started getting a little gray, a little black, which if you know about being up on mountains, that's not something you want to see in the sky, especially when you're, your plan is to climb a metal tower. We did not make it up the tower. But we got almost to the top, and the thunder started, and the rain started, and you can see lightning out on the water. Not a good, not a good place to be. So we turned around in a hurry, <laughs> ran back down the mountain. But the only thing is to get back to the, the pickup. There's a little section of the trail where like some rocks had fallen. You know, it's like like a quarter mile ish. You know, it's a fairly long section where it's just rocks, and there's they're slippery because they're right by the water, slippery and it's flat. You're the tallest thing out there, which is again not a place you want to be in a thunderstorm. So we got down to there and we looked across and we saw the lightning hitting the water. You could hear the thunder, the rain's pouring down, the rocks are all slippery. And it's just like, you know, this might not have been the best decision. might not have been the best day. But we went out on the rocks. And once you started, we were committed. Because the thing about that is, once you head out there, there's no turning around. The same storm is still behind you. You turn around, you're still in the lightning. The only way back is on the other side of that. And it's something that stuck with me because several times since then, in my life, there have been some situations where things are just not great, you know? Whether through my own decisions, which happens, or sometimes just the way things are. Things are not great, and the only way through it is through something hard. 
You ever been there? Anybody? Yeah. All right. Not just me. That's good. And it's the thing that's the thing that's hardest about situations like that. I think at least like spiritually, you know, like spiritually tough situations, is you don't know why. You don't understand why. And it can feel like, you know, maybe God's abandoned you, or, you know, you feel like you've done something wrong. And it's not always the case. So that's what we want to talk about to you, talk about today. So if you want to go ahead and open your Bible up to Luke 9. Um, thank you, Brian, for that slide, because I did not come with any today. So thank Brian for that. So yeah, go ahead and open your Bible to Luke 9. We're going to start at verse 57. And here we go. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, it's Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those in my home. And Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So, we're going to look at this, we're going to break this down a little bit, okay? There's three little conversations in here, so we're just going to go one by one. Just The first one, the guy comes up to Jesus and he says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but son of man's got nowhere to lay his head. Jesus, we know, I mean, we know this. Jesus traveling around. He's got no home. He's got no possessions. Really, the only way he's, you know, living, you know, by getting food and stuff is through, he's got his disciples' support. Some of them, they had some money. They would help him out. But Jesus had nothing, and a lot of his disciples had nothing. That was kind of part of the deal. You follow me, you leave everything else behind. It's not easy. It's not easy to follow Jesus. So we'll go to the next one. Then a guy comes up and he says, Jesus says, follow me. And he says, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Well, okay. I, I always thought this was a little harsh, like reading this, reading Jesus' response. Because thinking like, the guy's father just died. Like, let him go bury his father. Like, come on, Jesus. But then, you know, kind of got thinking and reading and, you know, looking at it. It's like, his father... If his father had just died, like, he would have been burying his father already. So he's not, Jesus is not, like, tearing him away from his family here. It's, the guy's not ready. He's not ready. There might be some situation at home. You know, maybe his father is sick, or maybe his father's old or something like that, and, you know, he's expecting it, and he's just not ready to go yet. And for him to go is kind of, kind of a scandal, you know, like, it's a real big, like, family culture, you know, in, for the Jews. You don't just take off on your family. So what Jesus is asking this guy to do is hard. It's difficult. He probably would have been an outcast the rest of his life if he had followed through with this, which the Bible doesn't say. We don't really know. But if he had, he would have been dishonoring his father in a lot of people's eyes. And Jesus still asked him to do it because the gospel is that important. Go on to the next one. Another person comes up to Jesus. They say, I will, I will follow you. I'll, I'll do it. But let me first say farewell to the people at my home. And Jesus said, this is the one that I always thought was like, really, really harsh. It's hard to read. Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's Jesus. I don't know if you can call him harsh. But it's, it's tough to read. 
And if you look at this, it's something that, if you look back in 1 Kings, way back, you know, go back in the Old Testament, in, um, there's two prophets, you, guys, you might have heard of them, the name of Elijah and Elisha, fairly well known. Well, Elijah, looking for his replacement, he goes to Elisha, and he's plowing, and he says, follow me. And Elisha says, well, can I go say goodbye to my family first? And he's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. So these are, these are big names to the Jews. You know, Elijah, like, he's an important, important guy. And even he didn't ask someone to not say goodbye to his family. So for Jesus to say this is a big deal to them because he's putting himself and his mission and his message above Elijah, which is a big deal. And... I'm not a farmer. I might look the part a little bit, but I'm not a farmer. But I am from Rooster County, like I said. I've been on a few farms in my life. I've seen, my brother actually has a farm. And when he plows, you know, you gotta look where you're going. And if you're looking all around and looking everywhere but where you're heading, you don't end up with straight rows. So when Jesus is saying, putting his, you know, you put your hand to the plow and then you look back, he's saying like, you can't, you can't do that. You gotta be focused on what you're doing. If you're not focused on what you're doing, then don't waste your time, basically. So there's three, three little messages in these three. You got three little like, episodes in this passage, three conversations. And Luke, the guy that wrote the gospel, wrote all this stuff down, put it all together, organized it because he's got something for us to understand about the kingdom of God. There's three things. It's not easy. It's got to be your priority. And if you're going to be half-hearted about it, it's not going to work. I think there are, I think there are certain points in history, and like the church's history, like Big C, not Center Point, Big C Church. Certain points where those messages have been kind of lost. I think today might be one of those points where we've kind of lost the sense that things aren't always going to be easy, that sometimes you're going to have to lay things aside, and that sometimes we get a little half-hearted about it, and that's not the way to do it. That's not what Jesus would want, and it doesn't work. You see, like, the early, the early church, like the apostles, you know, in the book of Acts, they had to be focused about it. They had to be 100% zeroed in on what they were doing because their other option was death. You know, they, they had to be focused. They had influence over their culture because of that focus that they had, because they were 100% zeroed in on Jesus. And we don't really see that same influence. You know what I mean? If you got it, say got it. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't really see that quite the same today. And I think, this is why I think that they understood something that we miss, and I think this passage is kind of the key to that. Jesus modeled, what Jesus was modeling during his time on earth is the same thing that he's asking these people to do in these three little interactions. There's one little like common thread through it. If you look in Philippians, I don't think we have a slide for this one, but that's okay. Philippians 2 verse 5 through 8, it gives us the answer of what Jesus did that he expects from us. It says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. 
and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That emptying himself, Jesus knew how to do that. Jesus did not want to die on the cross. You can tell, like when Jesus was praying in the garden before he was arrested, it's pretty clear. That's not what he wanted, but he did it. He abandoned his own desires. He emptied himself out. That's what it looks like to push your hand to the plow and not look back. That's what Jesus did. If you look on the news right now, you can, well, you might not see it on the news, but you can see it. Ukrainian Christians gathering together, praying, praying not just for their own country, praying for Russia. That is what it looks like to put your hand to the plow and be focused on Jesus. That's what it looks like to put your hand to the plow and not look back. Why is that so important? Understand that you got to look at how Jesus saw himself, how Jesus saw his mission. You can look through the Old Testament, but there's a lot there. We're not going to read the whole Old Testament today. Zach did tell me I could go for hours if I wanted to. I'm not going to take him up on that, don't worry. Um, but I did have permission, just so you know. But what Jesus, if you look back through the Old Testament, you see something the Jews always centered around was the temple. Way, like way back in Genesis, before there was a temple, there was a temple, the Garden of Eden. That was where God met with people. And wherever God meets with people, that was a temple. It's where heaven and earth come together. So there's the garden, and that gets kind of messed up through people's choices. And so God has the tabernacle for these people. And the Jews, they meet with God in the tabernacle. And then there's the temple. And this is like, it's a big thing for them because this is where heaven and earth come together. It's important. And Jesus, when he begins his ministry, he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And to the Jews, you know, they're thinking like, well, yeah, obviously the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Heaven's at the temple. That's where heaven and earth come together. But what he was saying, and the same thing when, you know what? I wasn't planning on saying this, so I don't know what verse it is. But when Jesus said, you know, if you tear down this temple, I'll rebuild it in three days. But it says the temple he was talking about was his body. Jesus was now where heaven met earth. That was Jesus' mission, was to be the place where heaven and earth came together. And it wasn't enough to just have one point. Everywhere Jesus went, he brought heaven to earth. That was his message. And that's why it's so important, because today, that's our job. The Holy Spirit, like Pastor Zach was saying, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. When you accept Jesus as the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. You are a place where heaven touches earth. And it's important that we act like it. The problem, the, the challenge with that, the challenge, the part about going through these hard times is that it's difficult to be a place where two worlds come together because they're not just coming together in a real gentle way. They're clashing against each other because heaven is coming in and the earth's not going down without a fight. So there are, there are times, you know, these two realities are like bumping against each other. And until Jesus returns, we're caught right in the middle of it. That's part of being the place where they come together is we're in the middle. That's what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians uh, it's 4, 8 through 12. He said, we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed 
perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. It's important that we are focused, that we're locked on, that we, when you put your hand to the plow, when you become a part of the kingdom of God, that you're not looking back because it's not a light, simple thing. You're bringing heaven into earth. When the Holy Spirit comes to live inside you, you are now a place where heaven and earth come together. And that only happens when you're able to empty yourself. And that's not easy. Because in the world, as you may have seen recently, there's a lot of bad stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff going on. And it is very, very easy to be so caught up in that that we miss the fact that there is a new world coming and that this world is not necessarily our home. It's not necessarily where we belong. And so, actually, it's definitely not where we belong. And so that tension, that feeling of like um, being caught in between, it's important that you don't turn back. The kingdom of God, let me see, the kingdom of God is manifested on earth where men and women who have put their hands to the plow and decided that they don't care if it's hard and they don't care what it costs refuse to be swayed. That's not going to be easy, but that's what it takes. That's the cost. That word, that word fit back in the, fit, um, back in the passage, I looked that up and there's, it's, only, it's only a few times in the Bible. It's only a few times in the New Testament. But every other time it's translated, it's useful. So it's no one who puts their hand to the plow, no one who begins this work and then turns back is going to be useful in bringing in the kingdom of God. I don't want that to be said about me. I do not want to stand before Jesus and him say, well, what did you do? <laughs> Did, like, were, you, were you doing what I called you to do? Were you being useful or were you just kind of wishy-washy all over the place just doing whatever because it was hard? I don't want that to be said for me. I want to be someone who is following Jesus' example in emptying myself and allowing the Holy Spirit to direct me even if it's somewhere that I don't want to go because I want to be part of seeing the kingdom of God coming into earth. Do you? Yes. Yeah. So, I guess, I guess I'm done. Uh, worship team, if you want to come back on up. I just, <laughs> I want to just open up the altars for a little bit. I just, just a little challenge, a little challenge. If that's you, if, you're, if you are one of those people who want to be part of seeing that, if you want to see the reality of the kingdom of God,
coming into earth, then I want to open these up. And this is your chance. This is your chance to come before God. You know, emptying yourself, it sounds like it's got this like very Christian-y sound to it. But what it means is saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. You know, that's, that's all it is. And that's all it takes. And so if you are, if that's where you're at, then come on down. 